You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Friday, 13 January, Chinese trade data this morning, negative year-on-year, but better than expected. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with Fahima Adia, Momentum Securities. I want to touch on food retailers. Uh, we're seeing inflation coming down. Does that help? Uh, ShopRite's been flying. Uh, preferred retailer, is there still value? Uh, Simon Fulmore from Independent Securities, U.S. inflation rates, GDP, and what matters most for investors in 2020. And some thoughts on China's move away from zero COVID and the investment implications. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Finance Minister paints gloomy GDP outlook ahead of the World Economic Forum. He says uh, growth for 2022 likely to be 1.9%. That is lower than the downward forecast of 2.1%. Business Day, SA Company is set to hike pay by 6.1% on average. Nice but below inflation. Morning markets, uh, US was green, S&P up a third of a percent and NASDAQ up half a percent. Asia is uh, mixed. We've got Sydney off 0.6 and Tokyo, sorry, Sydney up 0.6%, Tokyo down 1.2%. Commodities green mostly overnight. Uh, Gold, $1,901 an ounce. Brent, 83.62. Platinum, 1,078. Palladium, 1,801. Rand, 16.73. Bitcoin, 18,800. Tencent trading green up 0.1% in the Hong Kong lunch break. Top 40 opening call, about 400 points to the green. That is just over half a percent higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Fahima Adia. She is um, uh, Momentum Securities. Fahima, appreciate the early morning time. One of the things when I got back from our holiday was I noticed that ShopRite had been, been running quite hard. I mean, there'd been a lot running, but ShopRite was, was the standout for me. We, we'll be getting some, some trading updates from the, the food retailers probably next week, maybe the week after. Is, is, is inflation coming down, particularly food inflation, of significant benefit to them? I mean, imagine they've been swallowing some of it so perhaps the lower inflation is going to help them and they can have a a, a decent 2023 morning simon um yes like you said ShopRite has had a very good run recently so it is a stock in the defensive space uh that would likely fare better if the world Mm. were to go into a recession so i think that has been helping to boost that price um, and like you said, uh, it's, it's quite possible that food inflation will likely start to come down this year. And uh, that will be beneficial for the food retailers. It would help improve uh, their profit margins. Um, and, uh, you know, ShopRite in general is a pretty solid company. It's got some good growth expected in the ne- next few years, despite a tough macro backdrop. Uh, it recently bought those food businesses from MassMart at pretty good pricing and looking to even expand into clothing now. Um, but from a valuation point of yeah. view, it is starting to look more fully priced. I mean, it's trading at a 12-month forward PE of about close to 19 times, which is higher than its peers. Uh, if the price did come off its current highs amidst all the market volatility, I mean, it is one that you could look at including in your portfolio. But right now, it is looking rather expensive in my view. 
Um, the, the one I was looking at yesterday was Woolworths, and um, ah. I think that is one yeah, to consider, given that it is in a turnaround phase and uh, potentially has more upside. So they're announced that they're disposing of David Jones, which is a big win for the business, as that's been quite a lemon. And I think with that behind it, uh, Woolworths should be in a much stronger position going forward. Uh, they've also said they're planning to invest about 8 billion rand in the pet, wellness and liquor markets in the next three years. And um, definitely trading at a much better valuation in comparison to the likes of your shop right and pick and pay. Yeah, I, I'd actually forgotten about, about Woolies. And of course, I mean, I, I buy food there. Absolutely. Pick and pay and spa. Uh, you don't mention either of them. Are they sort of the, the, the B team, which, which we keep an eye on, but there's nothing thrilling there? Yeah, so I think Pick and Pay has also, uh, you know, picked up in the past few months because they've, they're investing quite heavily into their boxer brand, um, which is going to be quite big for the growth uh, there. And the issue with Spa recently has been all those issues with the, you know, the accounts. Mm. And, um, yeah, there's been some negative uh, yeah, news coming out about the way they're accounting for some of the business sales. So that has definitely, I think, impacted the share price. Um, but uh, yeah, pick and pay is one we did have in, on our radar in the past, but it's also starting to look more fully priced now. Um, so both pick and pay and uh, and ShopRite has had a, a good run. And um, that's why I think for now it's, it's looking more on the expensive side and uh, Woolworths in particular is trading at a much cheaper valuation in, compared, in comparison to those companies. Yeah, I take your point. And all those issues at the, at the spa head office, n- n- never good. Uh, markets just don't like it. Uh, a quick look. My Ford PE on uh, Woolies, ooh, 14 and a half. Yeah, that is uh, very much cheap. Fahima Adia, Momentum Securities, appreciate the early morning time this morning. And that's our poll on, on LinkedIn and Twitter, your, your preferred root, uh, food retailer. Uh, Fima, they're saying ShopRite and Woolies. Certainly always ShopRite for me, although it is expensive. 19.5 forward PE is chunky. Woolies, 14.5 forward PE. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. If seagulls were harder dars who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Training now with uh, Simon Fulmore. He is CIO at Independent Security. Simon, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, and, and note that you sent out lots of stuff we want to go through. I want to touch first up front as a, as a great point that you make there. No statistical significant correlation between GDP growth and stock markets. You make the point. If, you, if I knew what SA or US or EU GDP was going to be for 2023, uh, it wouldn't help me one inch in making money in 2023. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think often uh, investors and people in financial markets uh, forget that fact. Um, and the stock market is all about what's going to happen in the future. It's a discounting mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it, it tends to discount any of that bad news in, in advance. Um, and that's what surprised us quite significantly this year, was just the amount of negative rhetoric uh, coming into this year about how the U.S. is going to go into a recession um, and how bad that will be for uh, f- financial markets. 
Moving on to, 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 to sort of the, the harder data, we had some U.S. inflation out yesterday, 6.5%, exactly as consensus was. Um, it is falling relatively fast, although that tends to happen at the, 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 the sort of as the tail falls out. You, you can see inflation uh, uh, coming through. Does this remain the, w- one of the key issues, inflation in the U.S., and then, of course, how the Fed responds with their, with their interest rates? And we've got an FOMC uh, announcement on the 1st of Feb. Yes, what happens with inflation this year, certainly I think in the first half of the year, would probably be the most uh, significant fact for the market. And what's interesting about uh, yesterday's print, and if you in fact take the data over the last six months and you Mm. analyze it, you come out at a figure of 1.9%. So it clearly shows that there's an embedded trend of inflation declining quite significantly. um, And our anticipation is that uh, 6.5% we saw yesterday will just continue to fall um, as, as we get uh, more and more data over the next couple of months. And then in, in, in turn, I think the Fed will have to reappraise their uh, hawkish stance that they've, they've taken and they don't want to um, uh, be too destructive in terms of economic growth. Yeah, because that's going to be my next question. Because if, 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 1.9, I mean, their target is 2%, and I, and I appreciate we're, we're fiddling with the, with the inflation data, but I have no doubt that so is the Federal Reserve doing doing same, which 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 then suggests, I mean, the idea of, of, of uh, Fed minutes and saying uh, 5%, I mean, that really does then look at, that is probably the worst-case rate for, for the U.S. this year, and if anything, we might get pleasantly surprised with maybe only, I don't know, 475 Yeah, I... I I agree with that, and we would be very surprised to see it go um, above 5%. Perhaps there's another 50 basis points at most um, that, that they need to act on, but I think that's probably uh, pretty much done and dusted uh, for this cycle. Um, and then I think that will just get, give the uh, the market visibility in, in terms of that, um, and it will have a positive flow to, um, into risk assets, specifically um, equities. I think the other important thing, uh, about the inflation data is is, is that um, that has a direct bearing on input costs. Mm. Um, and if inflation is coming down, input costs are coming down, and that can only be p- positive for uh, margins uh, in companies, which in turn is, is supportive for their earnings. Uh, so we think corporate earnings this year uh, will also be supported by that uh, lower inflation data as it means they input costs will be lower. And, and one of the things you, you mentioned as well is that, is that we've seen corporate cost cutting, um, not, not just uh, uh, staff layoffs, but, but corporates have responded fairly aggressively in some cases over, over the course of, of, of the last year to their cost base. And, and, and then if we start seeing some, some uh, 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 s- sort of uh, input pressures subsiding, it, it, it puts a lot of corporates in, in, in frankly, not bad positions. Yeah, it's definitely one of the standout features uh, from po- corporate news over the last couple of months is the debts that they've gone to uh, in, in terms of corporate cost ca- cutting. And pretty much a day doesn't go by where we don't get an announcement from some sort of company uh, that, uh, that they've embarked on a program to reduce costs. I think earlier this week it was uh, Salesforce uh, take, uh, mm-hmm. indicating that they're going to reduce their uh, employer base. Yeah, it is almost weekly. This week it was Salesforce. Last week it was Amazon, and and, and so it goes. Let's turn to some some asset classes and some valuations. Uh, global equities. Uh, we, we've certainly seen the first bear market in a long time. They're cheaper than they were in October 2021. I'm not sure that they are necessarily massively cheap, and that we're going to repeat the performances of the of the previous decade necessarily. 
Yeah, so we, we saw yeah, the long-term average is probably about 8% for U.S. equities, and we've seen that number over the last decade go above 10%. So I don't think that number will be repeated. But because valuations have uh, come down significantly with the S&P down uh, 20% last year and the, the Nasdaq down about 30%, we still think there's a good opportunity uh, in, in equities, um, and they'll certainly uh, reward investors in terms of their outperformance of, of inflation. And there's a couple of interesting statistics around that, uh, where it's, it's it's very rare to get two bad years uh, in, in a row. In fact, it's only happened three times um, huh. over the last century. So we think because of that, it's unlikely uh, to, we, we're unlikely to have a repeat of last year. And then there's also some uh, other quite fascinating uh, statistical data on the first few days in the market. And, mm. and the stats are all like if the first five days um, are greater than 2%, um, then um, over the last 50 years, 16 out of 17 times the market has been higher, um, and that's averaged 17.8%. So in essence, what it's saying is the first couple of days are, are quite good on the stock market, then uh, that tends to be very well for the rest of the year. Yeah, I actually heard that one yesterday, and it was quite a st- it was quite an astounding data point. SA equities, I, I think the conventional wisdom from everyone, the consensus is they are cheap, very cheap. Of course, there is you know the, the you know, load shedding. The corporate SA survives in spite of of load shedding and our politicians and the like, but it does create a sentiment concern, perhaps. Yes, I think if we look globally, SA equities have to be one of the cheaper. Uh, equity groups um, out there, the Ford PEs below uh, 10 times, there's some very high quality companies in that. But the Achilles heel for South African equities um, over the last eight years been, has, has been foreigners on our market. And in yeah. fact, they've been net sellers over the last eight years. And that creates um, a very significant uh, headwind or ceiling on uh, South African equities. And that's largely because of the uh, political situation. Um, so if we see some positive announcements in, in, in that regard. Um, there, there's certainly a lot of upside in South African equities because of the low valuation base. Of course, there are shares like the uh, commodity companies, Nasdaq, Richmond, British American, that, that aren't as impacted by South African uh, politics because they're businesses are primarily based offshore. Yeah, and because even our politicians can't afford the Richmond watches. You mentioned commodities there. Uh, uh, They had a a, a lackluster 2022, but again, that was after going absolutely crazy in in, in 21. Uh, Do we see another sort of uh, drifting, maybe even a a little bit weaker? Or does the China reopening benefit commodities markedly? There'll probably be a couple of tailwinds for uh, commodities this year, and, and the first being as you mentioned, the, the reopening of the Chinese uh, economy, and we, we've seen strength in, in prices like uh, copper, in, in copper over the last couple of weeks on the back of that. And I think uh, also two other factors, the one would be um, our view is, is that the dollar is likely to weaken um, over the course of this year as interest rates peak and potentially come down in, 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 in the U.S. Um, and then the other fact is, is just the structural tailwinds that we've seen Mm. in the transition to, to clean energy. I think a combination of those factors will probably mean commodities uh, will have a fairly good year. Um, there might be some uh, specifically like the bulk commodities that don't uh, fit fair as well. We'll leave it there. That was Simon Formal, CIO Independent Security. Simon, really appreciate the early morning insights. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. 
When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Some thoughts from me on the Chinese move away from uh, zero COVID. Uh, what we saw was pretty much immediately after the elective con- conference when Xi Jinping got his third term, some slow steps and then some very, very fast steps towards essentially lifting all of those zero COVID restrictions. Um, and, and, and broadly, they are, are now gone. Um, and, and, and since November, we've seen massive moves in some of the equities there. It, it is uh, uh, going to be quite messy and, and, and volatile. China is, is not reporting clean data What Whatsoever in terms of cases, in terms of, of deaths. They've been saying it's been less than 10 deaths a day, but are you, uh, there is research out there using satellite imagery around uh, crem- crematoriums and graveyards and the like, um, and uh, there's no chance that the deaths are that low. They are seeing record deaths. But a command economy, um, the, the Xi Jinping can essentially push it through, which does mean that we do, notwithstanding the, 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 the bad news coming out, China has essentially opened and, and will start doing better during the course of the year. I mentioned at the top of the show some economic data out of China in terms of, of trade. Imports year-on-year year, uh, was down 7.5%. Exports year-on-year year was down 9.9%. Both worse than previous periods, both big numbers, uh, but both slightly better than expected. And, of course, it is that year-on-year year part of, of, of the equation. Things will start to pick up there. Uh, we had to chat there with Simon Form when he mentions NASPAS and Richmond significantly benefiting from an open China. But globally, an open China is good. They're going to consume products, whether it be commodities, whether it be uh, uh, iPhones or Teslas or whatever, gets them back as the second biggest economy in the world, gets China's GDP growth. Can we get back to 5%? I don't think necessarily in a straight line, but maybe for 2024, we can start getting north of 5%, which again, second biggest economy is a big deal. I'm bullish on China. There's some uh, interesting ETFs on the market. It's not going to be a straight line. It has rallied hard, but for me personally, I think China's worth a good look. That's it for today. We were chatting Telcom's failed rain deal yesterday. And we asked if there's value in Telcom or any other of the telcos. Make no mistake, uh, everyone likes MTN. 40% of we're going for MTN. Uh, a quarter of each uh, were saying either Vodacom or none. No telcos for you. The rest were saying Telcom, which got very little love. i got to say, uh, what uh, uh, Lanwabo said, which really struck with me, all that capex spend, I view them as utilities, but all that capex spend that goes pouring in, um, and they just got to constantly do it. Typically, utilities don't have that level of capex. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobokhle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again Monday, talking hospitality stocks for 2023. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now.
on The Money.